Welcome to the Land of Etheria. Season 1, The Shattering. Episode 14, Rakta's Chime. Once upon a time, in the land of Etheria, there was a Princess Nea and a Princess Lulu, and they went on the most amazing adventures. Now they found themselves in the glass castle, high above the clouds, in the Sky Kingdom of Skyrabia. They had just ran into Prince Paul and Ola after finding the green Turanian crystal buried under a tree in the clouds. What they learned from Prince Paul and Ola is that they had been having lots of their own amazing adventures as well. And although they had started their journey with Prince William, it became clear that Tuck and Ryla needed Prince William and Prince Clef for something else very important. And that's when Prince Clef mentioned he'd read about the Cloud Temple up in Skyrabia and that it was protected by a wind giant. And he read us a few notes he had from some research he did and gave us this rough map of Skyrabia, Olaf finished, pulling out a map. It seems my brother has been paying a lot of attention to this shattering, Arya responded. Based on this map, though, I can get you to the cloud ruins. But it won't be easy. That spot is sacred to the wind giants, and sealed using a magic chime. Do we know how to find the chime? It's kept in Rakta's cave, Arya answered. Rakta? asked Princess Nea. He's one of the most ancient giants, bound to the Cloud Temple. Princess Lulu, do you still have your flute? Paul asked. Lulu patted her pocket, which held the magic flute that Jacob had given her in the Frost Caves. The journey across Skyrabia was a long one. They hiked over hills of clouds and around countless crystal ponds and through wooded sky forests filled with more wind trees and wind plants than you could find on the ground. Plants that sparkled and glimmered in the sun were everywhere. Oh, and that was another interesting thing. Without hardly any clouds above you in the Sky Kingdom, you had to wear protection so you didn't get sunburnt. Now, none of the windmaids or windmen had to wear any protection, for they were already darkened by the sun and had built up a tolerance to its rays. As they traveled across the land in the blazing sun, they stopped for a break near a small pond clearing. As they sat there, Ola noticed that some of the flowers nearby were unique and unlike anything she'd ever seen. As she got near, she realized that there were, they were moonshades, a special flower whose pollen actually makes you drowsy, a type of pollen that, on her adventures, would come in very handy for an ogre like Ola. She pulled out a bottle and began carefully collecting some pollen, making sure not to breathe any of it in herself. As she was collecting it, she heard a whizzing by her left ear. Swat! Then again, but near her right ear. Swat! No luck. While swatting, she accidentally let go of the bottle, which flew into the wind, 
only to freeze and hover in mid-air before her very eyes. What magic is this? asked Ola. It's not magic. I'm a fairy. What is an ogre doing in Skyrabia? asked the voice. It was tiny and coming from the bottle. A fairy! exclaimed Ola, for she knew, like most Ethereans, that fairies were invisible except under special conditions, magic ones, or if the fairy decided to reveal itself. I'm on an adventure with some friends, she said. Now let me have my bottle back, fairy, before you put us both to sleep. If you insist, said the voice, the bottle slowly lowered back into Ola's hand. I have not seen an ogre up here before. Ogres are not welcome in Skyrabia. Well, I have not seen a fairy up here before either. Very clever for an ogre, the fairy said. What brings you so far west to Vox Bay Valley? This would be easier if I could see you, Ola responded. Well, that would require something special, like the Titan mask, or a spectacle, or fairy cream, or for me to just trust you. The fairy whizzed around Ola's head. The Titan mask? Ola asked. Or some other type of magic. But there's not much magic in ogres, he said. Ola grew tired of the fairy's comments about ogres. He was probably right, though. It wasn't really in an ogre's nature to be in the Sky Kingdom. And ogres were not known for magic. And ogres really weren't known for helping other races, let alone being on an adventure with them. Ola slowly closed her eyes and held out her hand as the purple crystal inside her pocket grew brighter and brighter. Before that fairy knew what was happening, Ola summoned a pillar of water to appear just next to her head, right where the fairy was flying. And the fairy flew right into the wall of water, soaking its wings and sending it to the ground coughing. If you'll excuse me, Ola said, I need to get back to my friends. Ola left the invisible fairy on the cloud, coughing to catch its breath. But not before the fairy had taken note, not only of Ola's purple crystal, but also the odd birthmark on her wrist. When Ola got back to the group, they headed towards Rakta's cave. She didn't think twice about or wonder why a fairy might be in Skyrabia, or what effect it would have on this fairy to see the magic crystal's power at work. The adventurers got to Rakta's cave and started to get nervous, for it was a very large cave and had more special ornate symbols all around it. They were the same types of symbols that they saw in the ocean ruins. What if the giant was here? and awake. Would Princess Lulu's flute work again? They all looked closely at each other and nodded. They weren't going to let that stop them, but they did decide on a plan, in case anything funny happened. We should have someone stay here and keep a lookout, just in case anyone shows up. Arya raised her hand. I'll do it, 
Just don't have too much fun without me in there. So the four travelers kept going. Step, step, step. They walked ever so softly. Although this was a cave, it was so much more. For the inside was decorated with beautiful steps and walkways and walls that were beautiful. After a short hike up the cave, they quickly found what they were looking for. Rockta's treasure room. It was a large, bright room that was open to the sky, and it was full of enchanted items. A set of golden balls, two spears over a shield, a ring of keys, a mask, and over on the far side, a wind chime floating on a pedestal. That must be it, signaled Paul, and walked over to grab it. Look at all these amazing treasures, Ola said. Have you ever seen anything like them? And she walked over to the mask. We should just get the chime and go, said Lulu. Before, and before she could finish her sentence, they heard the heavy thumping of footsteps, giant footsteps coming near. Without a word, the four adventurers looked at each other and began heading out the door. Paul, chime in hand, trying his best to catch up with the others. Booga, 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 they heard from behind them as they ran down the steps. That must be Rakta. Lulu, get your flute ready. Arya, we must hurry, they yelled coming down the edge of the cave, only to find that Princess Arya was asleep against the wall. Princess Arya, wake up, Nea yelled, shaking her head. What happened, Arya said, looking quite dazed. Rakta is chasing us. I don't know what happened to me, Arya said. One minute I was there, standing by the cave, enjoying the flowers. The next minute, you were all running out of the cave, being chased by Rakta. Don't tell me you were smelling the moonshade, Ola said. <sighs> Quick, we need to find some place to hide. Let's hide in this cave, Paul said, pointing to a nearby cave. They all ducked into another cave, quieted down, and Princess Lulu pulled out her flute just in case they needed it. Pretty soon, a few seconds became a minute, and then a minute became a few minutes, and they realized that no giant was coming after them. Maybe Rockta didn't hear them. Maybe Rockta didn't know they took the chime after all. That was a close one, said Paul. Now how far away is this temple? Too far to get there tonight, Ola answered. Well, let's take it easy then, and head over first thing in the morning. As they were all trying to get comfortable for bed, Ola realized this would be really easy if we had some extra moonshade. Hey, Princess Arya, have any more of that moonshade? She said, teasing her. They all laughed then agreed to get a good night's rest and head to the clown ruins in the morning. The End The Land of Etheria is produced by a father-daughter team and made possible in part to its supporting fans. It's contributions from fans like you that keep the adventure going. If you enjoy The Land of Etheria and would like to see more episodes, please visit us at 
www.thelandofetheria.com and consider supporting the podcast. Thank you and have a great night.